construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Yes, golfers, welcome to another episode of Flagstick Podcast presented by TaylorMade Golf Canada. Introducing Stealth with Carbon Face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Wood Age. For more information on Stealth, visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Yes, I am Jeff Botter, and with me, as always, is my uh, my good buddy Scott McLeod. And um, Scott, welcome, uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Scott. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. <laughs> wow, well, I've never today? been here before. Uh, How are I'm, ti- you? I'm tired, like you. i much. I mean, you might be a little bit more tired than me because you've had to deal with a few uh, other things than than I have, but. Uh, you know, following our busy long weekend wow. at Equinel. Um, yeah, a little, little tired still. So. I'm breathing a little easier now. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's still, there's still so much, um, uh, you know, there's still so many people without power, you know, up yeah. here in the Ottawa area. And I know other places across Ontario as well, but, uh, you know, we're okay here now. Uh, but man, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, the title of the, when you titled the episode, this, uh, this episode running on empty. I mean, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say that that couldn't be, that could be, uh, could be as accurate a title as you could possibly come up with because I, you know, even this morning we're, we're you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> Thursday. God, I am so, I'm so backwards right now because yeah. we are recording the podcast a little later than normal. We are releasing the podcast for those listening or watching it on Friday. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, and normally we do this on Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, everything's just a little bit wonky. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a wild ride for a while. It still continues to be um, a wild ride. But wild rides aside, um, you know, we do have uh, we do have a really really good show uh, this uh, this episode. Uh, we have uh, a lot of really good golf stories and, you know, some of those golf stories will revolve obviously around the, uh, the storm, to call it the storm, the power outages, the, uh, the damage and so on that's happened. Yeah. Um, you know, we also on the back nine, this, uh, you know, all that'll take place on the front nine on the back nine, this, this episode, you know, we have, uh, you know, our usual things. We have Kevin, Kevin Haim talking to us about uh, using 3D motion capture to tighten up your turn to, so you can help you hit better shots. Uh, we got a great interview that you did with, uh, with our Flagstick Open winner, um, Brennan Smith. And uh, uh, we've got a discussion about a shoe uh, <laughs> on Product Watch. Um, it's uh, <laughs> all that's coming up in this episode. Um, but, uh, you know, we got to get, before we can get to that, we have to get to the front nine, uh, and the front nine as always is, uh, presented by our, our good friends at Metcalf golf course. So looking for fun at a great rate, saves 15% when you prepay, uh, visit metcalfgolf.com for more information. Um, incidentally, just before we get to that Metcalf golf course uh, Metcalf Golf Club has the uh, the charity classic coming up uh, August the 17th I believe is a Wednesday August 17th and um, you know, we are the title sponsor have been the presenting sponsor of the the Metcalf uh, charity classic for quite some time um, and uh, that's happening so uh, go to metcalfgolf.com check that out because uh, you know it's a great cause yeah. and um, and we're huge supporters of it obviously it's right in my community close to home mm-hmm. but uh yeah check that out i just wanted to get that in there yeah because yeah, i was just talking what? to rob howell this morning about yeah. it so it's it's one of those great uh hundreds of of local events that happen around canada at golf courses and this is one of the great things about golf it's such a great vehicle to uh you know to support the community in this case uh it's a big supporter for the osgood care center has been for many many years and yeah. as you said we're proud to be uh part of that proud to be involved in that and uh certainly if anybody uh you know has an opportunity to play in a charity golf tournament this year 
you know, it's a double benefit, a big win for everyone. It helps people in your community. And then you get a nice day of golf out of it as well. So, uh, you know, if you have not played in local charity golf tournaments before, uh, check some out and uh, you never know, uh, you could have a lot of fun and maybe it'll be something that you put on your calendar every single year. Like get some good loot out of it too. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's talk about, uh, you know, I'd say the elephant in the room, but it's not really in the room. Let's talk about the no. elephant in the region. Mm. Um, Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, I should say. Yep. Um, the big, uh, the big storm hit and, you know, it was, uh, it was 15 minutes <laughs> of hell, 10, 10 or 15 minutes at the most of, of just some of the most destructive uh, forces that I've seen. I've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of storms and, and I should mention that we were, we were at the flagstick open. The flagstick open was this past weekend at Equinel, our 10th edition of the flagstick open. Um, and uh, we knew uh, as I'm pretty sure everybody knew that there was some weather coming. We yeah. knew that there was thunderstorms on the, uh, on the for in the forecast. We knew there was some moisture coming. Um, we were very, very much aware of, uh, of the potential for how bad it might be. And we were monitoring it very, very closely. And, um, you, you know, it's one of those things when you're playing a golf tournament and you know weather's coming and you know thunderstorms are coming. We have, um, you know, at the Flagstick Open, you know, hats off to our... And, and yeah, I'm sorry, people. It, does, it, it is going to sound like we're tooting our own horn a little bit here. We're not the only ones that are capable of doing this kind of stuff. But I am going to toot our own horn because it was our big event, and we've talked about it leading up to uh, leading up to the event. We talked about it on the podcast quite a bit. But um, our our crew, our rules officials, uh, and I'm, I'm mentioned them all: Rich, Jerry, Pat, Gene, Gail. Um, you know, great crew, Jerry. High, all high level. And Jerry. Did you say Jerry? I did say Jerry. Yeah, oh, Jerry. Our, our, drone, our drone technician. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, they, uh, aside from going out prior to the tournament and, and, and marking the entire golf course, like, you know, this, this is not the kind of thing that happens at every amateur golf tournament you're ever going to play in. Um, but they get out and they, they mark the entire golf course. And, but it's not just that. It's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff when you come to register and you come and you get your pin sheets and you get your registration gift and then you get your local rules sheet mm -hmm. and we were giving out evacuation, evacuation plan. plan and it was kind of a bit of a joke at the registration tax we were calling it evacuation plan and we were kind of saying you know geez it sounds so morbid you know it's like mm. oh and here's your here's your evacuation plan um but the reality is that evacuation plan is very important because when weather systems come in this is the procedure that's put in place to get the golfers off the golf course safely and, and to make sure that they're not out there when this kind of weather hits. And um, as I said, hats off to them because we monitored that storm very, very closely for about two, two and a half hours before it ever hit. Yep. We had a timeline to pull the golf golfers off the golf course based on what we were tracking. And we, we moved that timeline up. Uh, because we felt it, it it might hit sooner. It looked like it was coming, you know, a little faster. And we pulled everybody off the golf course. And we had, when that storm hit, there was nobody on that golf course. Nobody. And that's extremely important because even though Equinel did not get hit quite as hard, uh, like in the heart of, of where the storm blew through, yeah. it did get, the winds were high. There, there, it was... Yeah, it was not a good they, place to be. No, they didn't um, have tree damage. There yep. were benches rolling over. There was definitely hazards that could impact people for sure. But nobody was out on that golf course when that storm hit. And we nope. didn't send anybody back out on that golf course until that storm had passed. And mm -hmm. we were comfortable, um, you know, with the playing conditions that we were sending them back out into. And we actually had to go out with leaf blowers and clear off debris from the greens and put benches back in place. And like, uh, there was some work that had to be done, but we did get the rest of the round in. Yep. And then uh, Sunday was a little moist, cold <laughs> and moist. <laughs> I feel bad for, uh, God, I mean, I feel bad for golf course golfers that, 
that have to play in those conditions but it's a tournament yeah it's it a is. competitive tournament you signed up for it you knew that it was coming um and unfortunately sunday was just ugh. <laughs> yeah it was not pretty yeah and i just you know i'll just add my point as, as far as uh you know saturday and dealing with that storm and, and keeping your eye on it and you know we've been running tournaments for a long time and as you said you know we're not we're not exclusive as far as being able to take care of the situation and do it but you know this is why it becomes really important as far as the preparation and planning uh you know and taking care of uh people first over everything i mean definitely had a lot of uh, players reach out uh, and say thank you to the team for you know doing what they did uh, also people that were surprised i mean including our champion who basically said you know the horn blew and they were thinking well, why are they pulling us off the golf course but um they realized pretty quickly that once they once they came in and they watched the fury of that storm you know through the windows of the clubhouse they went they were pretty thankful that we did what we did so um don't feel guilty about it at all that's for sure we knew <laughs> that it was coming and you know the worst case scenario is that it misses us or the best case scenario really uh you know but th that it misses us and you know it's fine and you know we'll take that criticism over you know the safety of of the golfers and the ability to be able to have everybody out there be safe get back to the round and not have to worry about it and uh you know again you know we'll talk about the storm specifically and how it impacts uh the region i mean a lot of golf courses were hit hard by this uh not only in our region here but uh, other parts of ontario i saw photos today of cleanups in scarborough and various other places and a lot of tree damage uh power outages that closed golf courses for for several yeah. days uh and you know the list we could go on and on as far as the list and you know thankfully a lot of these golf courses are, are, are and ranges and other facilities are getting back open now um you know happy for them or you know kevin Haim, for an example uh you know obviously a sponsor heavily involved in the show and and heavily involved with flagstick you know they lost some trees and stuff out there but they were able to get clean that clean back up uh and ready to go clubs like rockland getting back open you know some of them like the meadows you know they put it out yesterday they got open and here's their conditions that they have you know they're able to do stuff maybe they don't have cash maybe they don't have you know you know or it's cash only maybe they don't have internet to, uh but you know they're able to get golfers back out there and, and enjoying things and uh certainly you know i i guess the biggest one that that probably has you know impact i mean they're all very important uh but given the fact that they're hosting a national championship later on this summer uh the ottawa hunt club yeah uh and the and the damage they sustained there well they were right in the um you know the the, the storm seems to i mean i've been out i've been out around um you know running a few errands checking a few things out um some of the areas that were very hard hit specifically in the uh, in the ottawa region around merrillville road mm -hmm. uh, hawthorne road it, it kind of like a like a just a, a sort of a straight path i mean i realized yeah, it was not necessarily area. a tornado that that touched no. down but it was a storm that sort of followed a very specific uh, um, corridor yeah and you could see the golf courses that were heavily hit being you know the hunt club meadows was hit fairly mm -hmm. uh, the canadian golf club cedar hill um you know some of those golf courses right along that sort of corridor and you can see yeah. the power lines that are the power lines that are down poles that are down across uh, right across roads i mean in some cases i was driving across the power line that um was on the road and then they had sort of a, a built a bridge a rubber bridge over top of the power line because they can't get rid of it yeah but they trying to keep the road open and you know scary it's four-way stops non-stop all the way yeah. up merrivale road so yeah um yeah i can see you know and, and from the hunt club's perspective you know there's a lot of you know they'll get it done i mean yeah. th this is just what happens i mean they'll, yeah. they'll get it cleaned up and they'll get it they'll get the course in in the condition and things it, there'll be less a few less trees yeah um you know 500 or so to mm -hmm. you know to be exact but um they'll get it done and the, the tournament in later this uh later this uh summer will happen and yeah that's just you know yeah and there's a lot of people pitching in there you know um you know all their entire staff are pitching in you know members are obviously helping there at the the hunt club helping the cleanup uh, i know some other superintendents and staff from some different areas have come up 
to help the club and you know the the golf course superintendents association of canada has got a <clears throat> they've got a, a a sort of a helpline out there now looking uh to connect people that are willing to volunteer and facilities that need help so um so thankfully uh, as we said uh things will return to normalcy at some point but uh just, just gonna look a little bit different and uh uh, that's just the way it is. And obviously that impacted us a little bit in the tournament, in, not only in that way, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, trying to get the draw out on uh, Saturday <laughs> night, uh, you know, no power uh, down at Equinel, uh, you know, no internet, no power at your place, which, yeah. uh, you know, obviously we were going to do the draw from your place. So, you know, had to seek out a, a Tim Hortons in, in Winchester. <laughs> thank you, Winchester, uh, Tim Hortons. And thank exactly. you for staying open for us. Yeah, they were scheduled to close at 10 o'clock. We got there at, I don't know, 9.58. Yeah. Uh, you started to get on there as far as the draw. I went up to get a coffee, asked the poor guy at, at the till, and like, have you had power the whole time? And his, his response was, unfortunately, <laughs> because they had just been <laughs> hammered by everybody from around the region, everybody coming there uh, just to, you know, to get something, you know, hot food, whatever the case may be. And uh, thankfully, although they were closed at 10, they, uh, they waited till 10 02 to kick us out. Fortunately, thank goodness golf genius software is so easy to use. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I was trying so hard to do it at, at the golf course tethered to my phone and it, it, yeah. it just I didn't have enough internet power to download all the information from the uh, from the golf genius website to be able to do the draw and it was missing data and it's like oh my god I, I need regular internet to do yeah. this and I was trying to figure out how I was going to create a spreadsheet so <laughs> so that I can then I realized dang I use google sheets <laughs> That's yeah, not gonna it, work either. Yeah, it was. So, uh, we'll just say it was trying circumstances, but we managed to get the event done, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show. Yeah, sounds like a sounds like a good plan. Okay, so we weren't the only golf tournament this weekend. Obviously, no, there were really. other golf tournaments, and and while a lot of events did get canceled, um, mm -hmm. you know, or postponed, I'll say not canceled, but postponed due to the the, the storm and the power outages. Um, Man, the Play Junior Golf Tour got their season opener in. Like they did. Like, uh, I'm. I was a little surprised when I found out that they got it in, but it was on Sunday, not Saturday. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, no involving junior golfers. I did not want junior golfers to no. have to experience that, but uh, they got it in at uh, at Readview. Yeah, they did. So the uh, Play Junior Golf Tour uh, obviously kicked off their ninth season uh, at Readview, as you mentioned, with the Humber College PGM Spring Open, and they had 80 golfers uh, show up, which was great to see. A uh, great way to kick off the season on a busy weekend for golf in Ontario, especially for juniors. Uh, the Spring Classics were going on for uh, Golf Ontario, which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, you know there were some other events going on. So the fact that they had 80 players out uh, in a matter of, I think, 13 different divisions. Uh, so we'll we'll get people to go over to flagstick.com to see the story there, to see the list of all the winners that are there. Uh, but I will say I was really impressed when I looked down the, the list. Um, junior, I think it was the Pee Wee Boys. Yeah, the Pee Wee Boys was the deepest division, which is really? kind of nice to That's see awesome. because you yeah. sort of expect it in, when you, you know, we've covered obviously junior golf for, you know, a quarter of a century. Uh, you generally will see the junior boys category will be yeah. the, the deepest group of, of players and to see it be the Pee Wee Boys uh, and the fact that over yeah. a quarter of the players in the entire tournament were in that class of players that is great to see because it shows that there's a lot of good young golfers coming up people that are interested in playing tournament golf and you know it bodes well for the future of junior golf in the region yeah that's uh that's awesome uh, because that is that is growth right there yeah you know you're talking you're you're getting down into very close to the grassroots level of competitive junior golfers or young golfers at the peewee age and uh if you can start them and that's why tours like Chris Veltkamp's tour, you know, the Play Junior Golf Tour, why they're so important. Mm -hmm. um, because they're, you could call them a developmental tour. You could call them an introductory tour. Sure. They're, they're not the really as much now. They're kind of a little bit of everything. But when you can provide that level of tournament experience, because it, it's, that is very, very important because it, it, it's a, it's a roadblock. Mm -hmm. 
that a lot of young golfers have to climb over in order to, if they want to escalate to, to the, you know, next level, next level, next level, because yeah. tournament golf is a completely different animal than just going out and playing with your, your friends at your, at your home club or green mm-hmm. feeing it and just, you know, beating it around and hacking around because scoring is different. You know, the, the, the nerves are different. The whole atmosphere is different. If you can start that at the peewee age, at, you know, with that many kids and then start to work them up through by the time they get to juvenile and junior age and really into the competitive golf, when it matters most at a junior level, um, they're going to be seasoned veterans, if you will, like yeah. just, you know, not being as nervous and, and mm-hmm. uh, about competitive tournament golf. Yeah. And there, and there's other benefits that are there too. I mean, you know, these kids come from all different areas. I mean, I noted, you know, one of the kids came in from, you know, Madoc to, to play in the tournament. Um, golfers get exposed to different golf facilities around the region. You know, it becomes aspirational as far as the, where they want to go and play. They also make friends too, that are yeah. lifelong friends as far as tournament play. I mean, I know plenty of 40 year olds right now that I can remember when they were, you know, 15 or less that you know got to know each other through tournaments and now are lifelong friends uh you know through the game of golf so that's important as well that they form those bonds they may be future college teammates uh spouses uh we've seen that as well i mean uh we look at scott mcenroy and tara mcenroy uh scott obviously the head pro at equinel and and tara is a a pro as well at at ottawa hunt um you know i I go back and i see their names in junior tournaments years ago Mm -hmm. and and now they have three kids (laughs) and they're married so yeah you never know there you go um golf ontario had their spring junior classic at the scene on on this past weekend as well right uh, um, yeah they did um two different locations for that the uh the, it was shortened uh the one location was at uxbridge which obviously was impacted yeah, greatly by yeah, the storm uh that was up at wooden sticks where the boys uh were playing and uh, that got reduced to uh two rounds uh ben mclean ended up winning that championship playing very well there ellis canard uh, from the Mississippi Golf Club, ended up finishing third. He was uh, right in the mix, uh, kind of right till the end there, which was great to see. Uh, and uh, I believe uh, Isaiah Ebbett played very well in that one as well. Uh, another golfer here from uh, Greyhawk in Ottawa. And then the girls were playing down in Fenwick, Ontario, down in the Niagara region. They were not affected as much. Uh, Lindsay McGrath uh, ended up winning that. And there was some fine play there by uh, some other golfers from the Ottawa region, including uh, Ashley LaFontaine, uh who is obviously on the national team uh and we should just just uh point out uh, the for the results of the play junior golf tour you you can go to flagstick.com or you can uh you can um uh visit the uh, play junior golf tour website as well yeah, for sure uh, and get all the results of that um there there's generally a deeper list of names and stuff for uh, for play junior golf uh, tour events so uh check those out um now Moving up the ranks a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the Toronto Players Tour was at uh was at Trillium Wood uh in Belleville slash Corbyville. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh they they finished up uh yesterday, had a uh, strong field uh, showed up there to play at uh, Trillium Wood. Uh a lot of these pros that are involved with this, there's some amateurs in that field as well, but a lot of the pros there are getting ready to play PGA Tour Canada, which is about to embark right. on their schedule. Uh Jesse Smith ended up being the victor there. I believe he ended up at 13 under par, uh, 64, uh, 67 uh, to win that. So strong play there by Jesse. And uh, I think he finished fourth in the first event of the year on that circuit. So he's firmly in uh, in first place there. But uh, nice to see some of the, you know, pro events, the development tours, whatever, you know, come down and, and play in this region. Uh, and I know there's some other ones that are scheduled later on in the year. But, uh, you know, fine play there by by Jesse Smith. Nice. Okay. Now, um, we were talking about the Meadows earlier. The Meadows was hit mm. fairly extensively, but but they, uh, um, they're they up and running. And uh, the OVGA runs a um, scramble. Yeah, they a, do. A spring scramble. Um, and, uh, and it was at the Meadows. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's basically the first uh, adult event of the year for the uh, Ottawa Valley Golf Association schedule. And that was held on uh, on Friday. So day before the storm. 
uh, got it in there. Uh, really a strong mix of players there. Kind of fun that they actually pointed out that uh, Jim Davidson, who's involved with their junior uh, program, uh, got back into play and, and was uh, playing in that event. But uh, in the women's division, it was a familiar name and Louise Hot from uh, Buckingham and Madeline Barnes from Rivermaid, uh, who ended up winning the women's gross division. Um, I got the list here. Diane Dolan from Highlands and Carol Latondra from Cowansville. Obviously very familiar names there. They, they captured the women's net division. Uh, men's division gross went to Ryan Jacobs uh, from Highlands and Sean Dubay, who's an Ontario public player. Uh, Ian Lazenby of the Marshes and Kevin McGuire from Oat Plain won the men's net division. And in the mixed division, uh, Kareem DeRoche and Dominic Boucher from Club de Golf Triangle Door won the mixed gross division with a score of 70. Uh, Stephanie Lemaire and Richard, I don't have a last name for him, from Cedar Hill won the mixed net division with a score of 65. He's so famous, they just call him by his first name, just Richard there. So I'll double check what that is. But uh, <laughs> again, if people want to have a look at that and then uh, catch the full scoring, uh, just hop onto flagstick.com and uh, we've got a, a link there. And I'll fix that missing last name there if I can find it as well. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you're a little punch drunk here, Josh. Uh, I yeah, guess so. Some, I guess so. Sleep. Okay, we're, we're, we're almost easily. through the front nine almost here, Scott. Then you can take night. a little bit of a break. But let the one it. last thing we wanted we want to touch on before we before we do take that break is uh yeah. um you know one player that we've been following for a number of years now and and uh has a plan and is working on you know achieving his goals and mm -hmm. uh, uh, is a two-time um, winner of the Flagstick Open yep. and now has turned pro and is uh, just finishing up a stint uh, with the uh, PGA Tour Latino America mm -hmm. and will be coming back up here to play PGA Tour Canada at some point uh, is Noah Steele and he just um, you know as a pro sponsorship is very important and it very. uh you know he just inked a bit of a deal didn't he yeah he did uh it was great to see noah he came home uh last week he's uh back down in guadalajara mexico right now and then uh heads to colombia for a couple of weeks and then as you said uh once the tour championship wraps up down in pga tour uh, la he'll be back up to play the canadian tour but uh in the meantime he's been signed on as an ambassador at tpc toronto at osprey valley uh, a facility where he won on the canadian tour last year he won the osprey valley open in 2021 as an amateur uh shooting 23 under par there uh they've signed a multi-year deal with him uh, he's very familiar with the facility. Um, they use it a fair bit for Team Canada, which he's part of, uh, for some training camps and so forth. And uh, he's pretty excited. He loves that facility up there. Uh, he basically has the uh, the logo for T TPC Toronto on his left sleeve. And, uh, you know, he'll represent them uh, as far as a, a, a playing professional, uh, an ambassador for them. Uh, he's obviously a member at Cataraqui in, in Kingston as well. But, uh, you know, it's an endorsement deal with TPC Toronto. And, uh, yeah, that uh, helps support him be out there on, on tour. And it's a good, a good marriage for him and that facility. Perfect. Perfect. No, I, I'm glad to see good things happening for for him. Uh, I particularly like to see good things happening for people that, that you know, put in the work um, yeah. and, uh, you know, to achieve their goals, they put in the work, they work hard and, and good things happen to people like that. So, all right. Uh, that's a lot uh, pushed through on, on, uh, on our front nine. I'm exhausted again, <laughs> running Sorry. on empty as the title of this episode uh, indicates, um, but we got to take a break. I got to pay some bills. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to hit the lesson tee. We're going to have uh, an interview that uh, Scott did uh, following the Flagstick Open with uh, Brennan Smith. And uh, we're going to do a little product watch. And we're going to do all that on the back nine. So don't go away. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Over the past 40 years, you've inspired us to make a lot of great drivers. All great, but all eventually reach their limit. But while we were making all these drivers for the present, we were also hard at work making the next generation of driver. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins. And we are back and ready to start the back nine on the Flagstick podcast, which is uh, presented 
by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf simulator setups built to your specs to fit your budget. Visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more. Okay, so let's dive into the back nine. And uh, um, I guess we'll jump into the back nine by heading out to, to the lesson tee. Uh, the lesson tee is, uh, is presented by Kevin Haim Golf School. And uh, if, uh, if you want to get better, it's always a good time to get better. Whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or even custom club fitting, visit kevinhame.com. And remember that better golf is a lot more fun. Now, on the lesson tee, Kevin is going to uh, use the, the, uh, the Gears 3D motion capture setup that he has out there to, uh, to teach us or to explain to us how tightening up your turn will help you hit better shots. So check this out. Time for another quick tip, golfers. Today, we're working on my spine tilt, the angle I have to my spine at address. Jake, what should that number be? I'm going to hit one. You describe what we're looking for in those numbers. Well, as one hand is lower on the come to the other, there's going to be a slight tilt to your shoulders. So your spine should be between 91 and 3 degrees with an iron and 92 to 5 degrees back with a driver. Yeah, most importantly, so iron's a little less than a driver, but we want it to be the same at the top of the swing. We want, we're looking for pretty close numbers. What have I got here, Jake? So you're straight up and down at 90 degrees at the start. And in your backswing, you're at 90.2. So you move 0.1 degrees in the entirety of that rotation. That's amazing. I'd like to see another degree or two, although the fact that I've maintained it to 0.1 of a degree should teach a lot of you that if you're moving around trying to create speed, you're probably hurting your golf swings. That's cool. Well, um, I, I like the technology. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, I'm kind of an old school guy when it comes to a lot of things golf, but you can't you can't knock the technology that's out there and how it can improve. And this gears 3D motion capture stuff, um, you know, it really does when if you if you're really into the technical side of things, and some people are and some people aren't, but if you're really into it, seeing the numbers and really gives you a, a like a clear visual picture just without understand having an understanding of what your body is doing uh, on your own seeing those numbers can really kind of help tell you hey you know what your spine angle is to this it's to that you're turned too much this way you're not aligned straight you know um and obviously you use this kind of technology all the time as well yeah i'm 3d capture technology and a lot of the technologies are really just about um measurement more than anything and, and they really quantify change so you know if you're working with a coach and you're working towards making a change in your golf swing for a you know a specific region it actually shows you when you make the change which is great i mean a coach can stand there all they want and, and tell you uh, mm -hmm. that you've made the change but uh, when a person really clearly sees that they're able to make the change or not make the change yeah they maybe see from a field perspective that they need to go more extreme or less extreme, whatever the case may be, to achieve what they're trying to do, it, it just quantifies it. And, uh, you know, that just makes it more tangible. And as a result of it, you know, it's tools like this that uh, make it a lot easier from not only from a coaching standpoint, but from a learning standpoint. And we are all about making this ridiculously difficult game easier. So yeah. uh, anything, any little bit helps. Let's put it to you that way. Any little bit helps. For sure. Um, okay. So now, uh, thanks, Kevin. And, uh, and Jake, got to keep thinking, Jake, because Jake's yeah. always, Jake's in on all these videos now. Pretty soon, Jake's going to be doing the videos by himself, so <laughs> he'll shove dad aside. Um, anyways, <laughs> no, he won't. Dad'll always be there. Um, so as we start, talked about at the beginning of the show, we talked about the flagstick open and how that happened. We were kind of focused really very much on the storm side of things mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, the operation of the event over there but the event did happen and we did have winners um so before we get to your interview with our ultimate winner why don't we just kind of uh, why don't we just go over the other winners um in the other divisions because it is a tournament that is we do have an overall champion and that's kind of like you know the big trophy goes to the overall champion and uh but we do have four divisions aside from an overall champion we have an a b c and d division yep and uh this was probably if, if i look back at previous events and i look back at uh at how the the divisions break up this was probably at the the a b and c divisions like the the tightest i've i've seen 
you know, in quite some time. Like any, there were players in C division at the top end of the C division. Um, and that doesn't always necessarily mean anything. When you, when I look at the indexes and see somebody's a four, or somebody's a six, or somebody's a two, or somebody's an eight, mm-hmm. anybody can play well on any given day. Indexes sure. are more of an average over a longer period of time of what you're, what you're capable of, of shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily what you do shoot on any given day. And weather conditions make things a lot Geology. different as well. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm the type of player, I think right now my index on, my golf Canada index online is probably like a two, uh, mm-hmm. but I have don't think I've played a round of golf that I actually could put into the computer as a legitimate round of golf in a couple of years. So I'm not sure what kind of a two I am. So anybody listening that hears me say that I'm a two and wants me as your ringer in your scramble let's, team, let's, let's pay for some cash yeah, off that too. No, yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't want any part of that because yeah. I could be a two or I could be a twenty that day. Very, very easily. I am known to put it off the hosel on a regular basis. Um, Anyways, I digress. The the A division, B division split this year was basically A, B split was at zero scratch. So if you were scratch, you were in A. And if you were 0.1, you were in B. And then when you got down to the bottom of B, the bottom of B was Mm 4.5. The top of C was 5. And... Then you go down to the bottom of C, and the bottom of C, I think, initially cut off was, I think, 10.4. But then as we had withdrawals and in, in people coming in before the tournament, it slid up, and I think it was around nine, uh, 10. I think that's what it would end up being. So you're talking C division was 5 to 10. Mm-hmm. Five super super competitive. Like, yeah crazy and then d division is a little bit more widespread because we don't have anything right. after d so you do end up with some guys that are 20 25 15 12 um but again you know it was uh it was a super competitive division but we had four division winners um mm-hmm. and uh before we get to the interview with our big winner um why don't we yep. just uh, get a get a snippet of who those winners were yeah, so uh, A Division uh, ended up uh, being uh, Jared Coyle. Um, you know, he uh, was one of the co-leaders after round one with Brennan Smith and Peter Benito. Uh, they were at four under after day one. Uh, and Jared was actually surprised because they sort of, when we announced him as the A, they sort of forget that that A exists, you know, yes. below the uh, overall winner. So they're like, oh, okay. Uh, but obviously he uh, he played pretty well during the day and, and pretty, uh, pretty impressed. Uh, made a few mistakes, as he said, coming home on uh, – on Sunday, but uh, overall, he he gets the title in A. Uh, Jonah O'Connor uh, from Renfrew uh, won the B division. He won that in a playoff with Paul Ridyard. It was a one-hole playoff. I went out for that. It was uh, a little cool out there, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, pa- uh, Paul's uh, par conversion uh, missed out, and, and Jonah managed to capture that, which is neat. He was uh, he was part of that team that uh, won the RBC Scramble last fall right. at Cabot Links, so uh, no stranger to a title there, and as he said, honestly, it was unreal for him he just you know he just expected to come down and have a little bit of fun and and next thing you know he 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 takes that away uh, and one of his good buddies Jagger Pratt uh, another guy from up the valley uh he took <laughs> the last the, entry the last entry into yeah. the tournament uh you know he snuck in uh played solid uh as he said both days he and and you've got to remember here C division it's 76 76 so that's our third division so people shouldn't relate this to maybe a C flight that they see at an association event or whatever right. It's our it's our third division more than anything, and uh, he said it was great. And then uh, Ken Robson, who has uh, you know played this tournament uh, three times, uh, always been in the prizes. Just a nice gentleman. Uh, he surprised himself and managed <laughs> to get the win in uh, in D. So uh, you know he he just said uh, it was very special for him uh, to be able to win the tournament. Uh, slightly older golfer, uh, but you know as I said, just a real gentleman and great to see him in the field and and compete and uh he was totally totally delighted to win the d division that's cool um now we should just uh because we're kind of wrapping up the flagstick open here and before we get to your interview um the flagstick open just so people understand and and this is going to follow suit similar to with the flagstick two ball in the fall which we will mention very quickly at the end of the show um about the registration for that but we make this these tournaments we make the the tournament about the experience about the registration gifts 
you know, we put the dollars that we bring into the event, not specifically into a deep prize pool, but into making sure that all of the participants are walking away with, um, with some good stuff just for participating. So to bring it into perspective for people, the registration gift this year was um, a tailor-made quiver bag, a Adidas uh, cap, which those watching can see right here, nice little cap, um, an Adidas uh, uh, quarter zip pullover, mm-hmm. an Adidas belt. Oh, you're Scott, here. and those watching, they can see Scott's wearing the Adidas. <laughs> Hard to tell, it's black, but yes. Um, a quarter zip uh, pullover, the hat, the belt, uh, and a dozen tailor-made TP5X balls. That's just for registering. Yeah. And then you get your 18 holes of golf. 36. Of uh, sorry, my, sorry. I 18 mean, a day. I, I meant 18 a day, but 30, <laughs> yeah. you get 36 holes of golf. You get range balls before your round as part of your registration. And you get a steak dinner um, on the Saturday night of the event. That's just for playing. And that's yeah. what you get for your $230. Yeah. You know, plus tax. But then if you happen to be in the top three in each category, the winner of a division uh, this year received a, a tailor-made spider putter. Mm-hmm. Um, each of the winners. So there's four, like four winners. Yeah. The second place person got uh, a tailor-made stealth fairway wood. Mm-hmm. And the third place position got a tailor-made tech light stand bag. Um, and the overall winner received a, a set, a full set of tailor-made uh, P770 irons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the prizes. So yeah, we we go three deep in each category, and an, and we have an overall champion. But that's the prizes that like that's what this event is. So yeah. if you're listening or you're watching, um, that's what you get for playing. Now I understand why this tournament sells out the way it does is not just because of all of that, but it's also because of the things that we talked about at the beginning about, you know, the registration, the rules officials that are out there, the experience, you know, the custom tee markers on the tee, the custom flags. We put brand new flags out on the golf course for the tournament this year to go in line with, uh, with our rebranding of, of the, the flagstick company and the flagstick brand. The condition of the golf course, the host course that we have it, all of that is part of that, that total experience that's why this tournament sells out yeah um, and we and we have to you know give a big thank you there to the team at uh, taylor made and the team at adidas for uh you know the continued uh sponsorship you know best partners with, ever like really you know just working with them has been been great and you know their support of this event and again it, it goes back to the fact that uh you know they recognize how important this tournament is to a, a lot of players um you know we had players from as far as nova scotia uh playing playing this week uh two other thank yous as well obviously you know equinel um did a great job under trying circumstances as we, as we as we mentioned um you know we had a power outage uh saturday night and they managed to pull off a steak dinner uh for the players until basically light ran out yeah. uh, on saturday night uh despite the fact that there was no power uh and you know they were back at it the next morning again with no power uh manager rick milks and, and head pro scott mcenroy uh chris Vallette, the superintendent i mean you know they just went all out to make sure uh things ran well well, uh, and then one last man you mentioned before you get to things, uh, Rich McLean, who's been our head rules official for 10 years for this event. Uh, you know, he is retired now, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he's not sure if he's going to be back for another edition of this tournament. And, we'll see what uh, we can do about that. We'll see what we can do about that as far as, you know, maybe flying him back in or whatever the case may be doing something to attract him back in. Uh, but we want to give a special thank you to him and, and his team, uh, as you mentioned earlier, for their extreme levels of, of effort, especially under trying circumstances. Very much so. Very much so. Okay. So without further ado, we had an overall champion. That overall champion this year was Brennan Smith. Um, yeah. That was not only our overall champion this year, but he is now a two-time. He joins a, a, a small group uh, in, that includes Noah Steele, before mentioned Noah Steele yep. and uh, Robert Mustard as uh, as players who have won the Flagstick Open twice. He's a back-to-back winner. And um, after the event ended, you had a chance to sit down with Brennan and uh, have a talk about uh, about the tournament, his victory, and golf. So uh, let's uh, let's take a listen to that uh, that interview right now. 
All right, we've just completed play here at the 10th Flagstick Open Amateur Championship presented by TaylorMade Golf and Adidas Golf Canada. And we're with the champion, Brennan Smith, who is repeated as the champion, defended the title that he won in 2021. Brennan, how was the weekend for you? The weekend was a bit long. Um, rain delay yesterday made it for a six hour and six and a half hour round. And then today was just cold and windy and made for quite a long day. What were your expectations coming into the weekend here? Uh, I know you're coming off a win at your home club, the Amateur Golf Club down just near Kingston, uh, winning the opening day here. What was your mindset coming into this week? Yeah, anytime you're going to play an event, the mindset is hopefully to win. So that was the mindset. um, Playing well, haven't played a whole lot, but times I've played, I've played well. So I love the golf course here too. So, you know, anytime I come here, I think I have a chance as long as I, uh, you know, keep it together a little bit. So you get done yesterday, you get to a 400 par, you've got a couple other players that are there as well. Were you content with the day, uh, given the fact that you had the significant weather delay? Yes and no. Uh, had some spots yesterday where I thought I left a few out there, and then the rain delay, unfortunately, I had just played a couple easy holes right before, uh, and a couple guys got to play those after, and we know the wind had died right down. So uh, it came out of the rain delay and made two birdies, so you can't be upset, but I knew that you know, the other guys were going to do well coming out of that rain delay. So you arrive here today, you're four under par, and then, uh, you know, you show up and maybe the weather's not exactly what uh, you thought it might be. Uh, What did you think there as far as how you were prepared and what was going to happen for the day? Yeah, I packed zero pairs of pants, zero sweaters. Uh, Luckily, I found a pair of baggy rain pants, which will probably be pictured somewhere, and a very, very thin sweater that was crammed in the bottom of my golf bag. So it was not ideal. Um, I was definitely looking to the pro shop maybe to go buy some clothes, but we got away with it. And I mean, I was frozen, but we got through it. Yeah, it was a bit of a fight out there for you guys, not only uh, from a playing perspective, but, you know, from a weather perspective as well. Uh, Not only the rain, but the cooling temperatures. How did you maintain your focus out there? Yeah, I get off to a hot start today. So I birdied one from the lip of the bunker, which was great. So that kind of eases everything right into it. Um, Open up a lead. Felt really good. Um, You know, eight holes was just flawless, easy golf. And I probably should have been two or three under and I was one. But and then it got interesting for five holes. I threw away the lead um, and then I got it back and then, you know, held on to it. But it was it was basically hold on to the wheel with both hands as tight as you could. I mean, you've played a lot of tournament golf. So in that situation, are you focused mostly on yourself? Are you looking to see what the other players are doing? How do you handle that? Yeah, mindset mindset for me in a tournament, uh, when you're around the lead at least, is the front nine. I'm just trying to play golf. Just try to play as well as I can. And if you get to the back nine, you know you got a big lead, then you know you can you can manage your way around it. Um, but as I knew today with a double on nine, that I made it an interesting uh, tournament. So, you know, I knew where they were at at that point and kind of had an idea where we were. But at the end of the day, it's all about just making birdies. So. so does it carry over for you as you come down 18? You know, you've got a bit of a lead there, but it is a par five and it's certainly one that you can score on. Uh, do you try to be conservative and sort of protect that lead or do you try to just play it aggressive like you normally would? Yeah. So, uh, Pete had just made bogey on 17. I made par, so I'd open up a two shot lead. So I knew it was a three shot hole today. I wasn't going to risk anything silly. Um, but I still wanted to birdie. I wanted to shoot even par. I didn't want to shoot around over par today. So um, there was definitely still the, the want to make birdie and then, you know, left a 12 foot birdie putt three feet short. So really aggressive. So first off, what's it mean for you to defend a title? Uh, I don't know if you've done that in your career. Has there been another title that you've won consecutively? Yeah, there's one, but I'm not sure it really counts. It's uh, the Loyalist Club Championship. I'm not sure it really counts, but no, never actually done that before. So this is this is kind of a new experience as far as an actual, you know, high level event uh, defending and, um, you know, the confidence coming in here, knowing that I won last year um, and then going into the round today, being around the lead, I felt really confident all day. I didn't get nervous today. I, I felt really good all day, which was awesome. So what are you thinking when you come into the tournament here and you look down the field? You know, obviously you play in the Kingston area now, but you previously played in the Ottawa area. Do you just kind of look down there and you see that field of competitors and, you know, you're going to be proud that, you, you know, if you're able to get past them all to get the victory? So normally I look through a field before I play. Uh, I actually didn't for this at all. I looked at my tee time on uh, on Thursday or Friday, whenever that came out there, and uh, saw I was playing with Daniel. So I know Daniel, and I, uh, that's pretty much I, I know. I know some of the guys here, so I see their name um, like right behind me on the on the tee sheet from day one. But I didn't really look down it and scan it because I know there's always a lot of guys from here that I won't know. So um, like Jared, who I played with today, great player, um, couple 
couple unfortunate errors for him, but he's a great player and young and but I didn't know who he was. So it's, it's nice to see new players and, and see the young crop of kids who's coming up. So now you join a very exclusive club as a two-time winner, joining Robert Mustard and Noah Steele as a two-time champion. What's your motivation here now to come back and win a third time and uh, you know surpass those uh, two-time previous champions? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, those two guys are both special, special players. So um, to be in their company is pretty cool for me. I, I like to hear that, and I hope I can be as good a player as, as uh, Musty is continually every year and obviously we know where Noah's playing and I'm uh, I'm not near that level anymore so but it's it's cool it's it's I just love playing tournament golf so I'm just happy to be here and, and have a chance to win so uh, overall what's it really mean for you to win this title uh, as I said you've already won your opening day tournament at your club and now you've won this what's it feel like going forward as far as the year is concerned yeah, I, I just love winning. Winning's the whole reason you play sports. So um, it, that's the reason you show up, and it feels great to do it. And uh, you know, my, my friends and family are all been texting me, which is which is a lot of fun. So everyone's super supportive and excited, and that's what uh, that's what makes it great. Well, Brendan Smith, thank you very much for joining us here on the Flagstick Podcast, and congratulations for winning the 2022 Flagstick Open Amateur Championship presented by TaylorMade Golf Canada and Adidas Canada. We look forward to having you back as you try to win your third consecutive title in 2023. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Wow. Do you want to wrap that up, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, it, it was funny because uh, I think Brendan was a little bit hesitant at first uh, about, you know, sitting down to do a, a podcast interview, a little bit lengthy, uh, you know, longer than maybe what you usually do after a tournament. But uh, I think he rather enjoyed that, actually, when we sat down and I know had I did. a chat. Yeah, it was good just to be able to uh, to go up there and and uh, sit in the library at, at, at Equinel and have a good chat, not only about this tournament, but, you know, kind of what it means to him and uh again he's a guy who um you know he's an interesting road in amateur golf he, he grew up in the ottawa area but eventually migrated down towards the kingston area uh has played very well in the last couple of years as an amateur he had a brief stint you know as, a, as a, a playing professional but got his amateur status back and he's really enjoying life and the game now uh and he really exudes um you know somebody like i said who really enjoys the game and as a result of it he doesn't put as much pressure on himself and uh he's seeing some good results and you know we're happy to have him as a return champion beautiful beautiful okay so that puts a wrap on the flagstick open yeah uh but it does not put a wrap on the flagstick podcast just yet mm -mm -mm. um we got uh we want to talk a little product watch so obviously we both love golf shoes here we do <laughs> i love golf shoes you far too golf. much <laughs> yeah yeah if i played more i'd be able to wear more of my beautiful golf shoes because i have some really nice ones um in this week's product watch uh we're going to take a look at a new model that's mm -hmm. just released with a little bit of a major pedigree uh and as always product watch is brought to you by greensmere golf and country club to say 40 percent on all daily green fee rates with FlexPass for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information. All right, Scott, let's talk about these golf shoes with the major pedigree. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just you know, a few years back, um, Asics uh, is a company that a lot of people are familiar with, more for running shoes. I know I wore their volleyball shoes back in the day, but uh, you know they got into the uh, golf shoe business here in North America. They'd, they'd offered shoes in uh, the Asian markets and European markets before. Uh, and so they introduced uh, some models a couple of years ago. And now what they've done is they brought to market the shoe worn by uh, one of their famous uh, endorsees, Hideki Matsuyama, the Masters uh, champion from uh, 2021. Um, and the new Gel Ace Pro-M standard uh, are these shoes. And uh, you know what? They uh, they look great, uh, super comfortable. I haven't had a chance to try on this model, but I had their previous model and, and tried that on. Um, really bring a lot of what they've learned with their running shoes uh, to the golf market. So a lot of stability there, still solid amount of grip um but you know a lot of comfort more than anything so it's kind of a nice marriage this is a waterproof uh upper shoe um you know has a solid midsole that uh, sort of has a good amount of cushioning uh sort of extends the life of the shoe as well and pretty lightweight uh, which is really important for a lot of people especially um you know if they play a lot of golf maybe they play more than 18 holes they want a lightweight shoe um and you know a lot of support there so not a brand that a lot of people are 
are maybe, you know, familiar with in the, in the golf market, uh, but certainly one that's growing uh, at the same time as well. Their previous shoe, which was called the gel course Dua Boo, they added a couple more colors to that as well. Um, so those launched on, on May 25th, wide range of sizes. Uh, Pro-M standard, I believe, sells for about 259 uh, The Duo Boa, about 239 uh, Just in men's right now, they're looking at uh, other uh, expanding uh, out to other um, uh, different markets and things for these shoes, sizes 7 to, to 14. But uh, uh, just a neat, neat to see other brands that are known for high-quality products in other segments of the market coming into the golf market. Cool. All right, check it out. Um, now we're running up against it, running out of time here. We want to make sure that we, uh, get through one last thing. Um, as we talked about with the flagstick open, we've put a wrap on the flagstick open. You can go to flagstickopen.com and see all the results and all the divisions there. If you're looking for a buddy, you can look at the hole by holes. Everything is right there. Very detailed. Uh, as we turn the page on that, we, we are starting to open the book on our new event in the fall at the Brockville Country Club, September 10th and 11th. Uh, it's the Flagstick Two-Ball Championship. And um, registration for the Flagstick Two-Ball Championship is now open. Um, I opened it this morning. Um, I'm just working on a little link issue here. But uh, by the time this podcast is out and everyone's listening to it, the the registration will be fully open and people can sign up for that. Uh, there's a few more details that we're going to iron out with our sponsor for the flagstick two ball. But as you said earlier, the, the plan is it's a flagstick event and we do, we do them up the same way. Uh, and this one will be no different, uh, except that it'll be a completely different format. Mm -hmm. It is a two ball yep. format, stable for scoring system, yep. accumulated yep. totals. So both scores, both players count and uh, are marked as a stable for it. So make a four, on a, you make a par, it's a par, it's, it's a plus one, I think by based on our scoring standard. So the idea is plus is good, minus is bad. <laughs> uh, and it's a combined team score. So we'll have uh, the partners, you gotta play, you gotta play out each hole. Uh, yeah. But there is a maximum number of strokes per hole that you can lose points on. Uh, so we won't be making quads and triples and whatnot yeah. so yeah it should be should be fun uh some good feedback from the players especially those at the flagstick open uh talking about grabbing their partners uh great opportunity to get a competitive round in in the fall but in a fun format yeah one that you can maybe be a little bit more aggressive uh try to make more birdies more eagles whatever the case may be but have a partner over two days probably a little less pressure than the individual stroke yes. play events yeah. uh and you know as we mentioned before it'd be nice to be back at the brockville country club so very much so. 10th 11th i believe uh, 10th the, 11th the yeah, it's, yeah it's a weekend event um yeah. there's a meal involved there's a you know good registration package uh good prizing uh, a little, a few extras when it comes to the food and beverage side of things. Brockville's going to do some things a little different, uh, you know, with uh, with some of the players on both days. Um, so it's it's going to be fun. It's yep. going to be competitive, but it's going to be fun. Um, and uh, your stress level is as much as you want it to be. <laughs> Put it <laughs> yeah, to that sure. way. You don't yeah. have to be stressed out if you don't want to be. But if you, and and we'll as always, we'll hybrid set up the golf course. Uh, you know. For both, there's going to be two divisions, or sorry, uh, four four divisions. Did we say four? Yep. Four divisions. Um, so we'll set the course the course up accordingly, um, and it'll be good and competitive and fun and scorable for everybody. So uh, that's coming up in September. But you can head on over to flagstick.com and uh, click on flagstick events, flagstick two ball, and register for that event there. Um, and one last thing before we shut it down, the flagstick head covers are here. Yes. Like the head covers that we talked about, they're now yep. here. There's three boxes in my, across from me here, but that's all I have. Yeah. Okay. So there's only three boxes of them. That's not that many. Go to flagstick.com, click on the uh, flagstick head covers uh, um, ad or uh, post that's there, and you can, you can order and purchase them um, uh, from the website. So do that, get one before they're all gone. And because awesome. uh, I'm not bringing this particular one back in anytime soon. So um, awesome. Uh, well, we got to get out of here. here. I got other things to do today. Um, I want to thank uh, 
Brennan Smith for taking the time to sit down with uh, with Scott uh, after the tournament and do the interview um, uh, following the Flagstick Open. Awesome interview. Thanks to our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Haim Golf School, and of course, our presenting sponsor, TaylorMade Golf Canada. Check out the new stealth line of golf equipment at taylormadegolf.ca. And welcome to the Carbon Wood Age. Well, I really hope that you are continuing to enjoy listening and watching our podcast. Um, be sure to follow us across all the social media channels, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to us there. Like us, click on that notification bell to make sure that you get every single episode whenever we release it. Get on over to flagstick.com. And as always, great stuff is happening on that website every single day, and you don't want to miss any of it. Um, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Potter. I'm Scott McLeod. And always remember, go for the stick.